The following series is an interview between Dr. Rain and Penny Kelly, author of The Consciousness and Energy, Ropes, and many more. This is Consciousness Explains with Science by Penny Kelly. Part 1 of the trilogy, What is Consciousness? So thank you for being with us today, Penny. I'm excited to be chatting with you as always. Um, for those of you who are listening uh, today, I've known Penny, I think maybe already about three or four years, probably. And um, when uh, Bruce, which is a mutual friend of ours, uh, at a time not mutual yet, I remember when you first gave me your book, The Ropes, he's like, okay, you, you know, take this book. And I remember sharing this with you when I took the book back and I decided to read your book. I finished it in like three days. I was like, oh, I got to just devour this stuff. And mm-hmm. I, there was a part of me knew whatever you wrote in the book was just, there's a lot, like for me it was truth. Uh, mm-hmm. That's, that's mm-hmm. how I, I experienced it. And I remember I just sent you an email. I said, Penny, I just want to get to know you about all the <laughs> stuff that you're doing. And you know, I had a couple of mentorship sessions with you and consultation oh. sessions with you, just learning about your, your wisdom. And I'm excited that you're going to be sharing some of that with us today. Thank you for being here. <laughs> you're welcome. It's good to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And for those of you listening too, so Penny is, uh, is an author and she's authored many, many books. Um, just other books about consciousness as well, which we'll be talking a little bit today. And uh, she is a teacher, spiritual teacher, spiritual coach. And I know your background is an engineer when you first started, right? Yeah. Which is very diverse. And you have also worked with um, Dr. Levengood, uh, looking mm-hmm. at crop circles and all that too. I've read, I think, two of your book, Consciousness and Energy. I've not read the, I bought the third one. I haven't gone to that one yet, and I know you've published the fourth one not too long ago, right? So once again, excited to um, you know have you here today. Okay, I am uh, too. Actually, there's um, it's an exciting time, and I think there's a lot we could probably talk for a week um, and not cover all the stuff. So start anywhere. <laughs> okay, so I think it would be good for just uh, if you, you know, share a little bit about how you got into what you're doing today. I know when I read your book, you, you had your Kundalini experience, right? And um, then the, the brown, the men, ropes. brown ropes came and then kind of show you some visions. And I know a lot of them came to paths actually, uh, became reality uh so if you could just give us a little bit snippet of that and then we'll talk about really what's going on right now okay um it actually at the time that all this began which was 40 years ago i was working as an engineer for chrysler and had a full-blown kundalini experience whole series for a couple of years um and that opens your consciousness so you have unlimited consciousness And that's uh, problematic, to say the least. (laughs) Um, And so I started switching my attention from where I thought I was going with my life to trying to focus, trying to control or organize or get some sort of management of this unruly, uncooperative consciousness that I had that would do anything and go anywhere um, in in space and time. 
And so it started this very long learning process that I still am in, actually. Um, and I've learned a few things <clears throat> along the way. And I've learned how to see the entire reality differently. And so in the process of working with my own consciousness, there were other, um, you begin to see that this dimension is just one dimension and that there are lots of other dimensions that we have some sort of compatible uh, ability to access. And so one of the things that uh, happened in that time over about two and a half years were these visits from these little men in brown robes who kept coming in to say, we have some pictures. <laughs> Would you like to look at our pictures? And I was like, get out of here. But eventually I looked at the pictures um, and thought I was just gonna, you know, see a picture and, and they would go away. And, and it turned into this whole series of visits in which um, they weren't really pictures, they were full blown, uh, almost I would have to say the best description would be holographic uh, experiences. I was able to step into quite a few of those experiences. And, um, and they were explaining as we went along, this is uh, what's happening. They had one thing that they really wanted um, me to, to get. And that one thing was that we were in charge of creating our future and we needed to take responsibility for that. And, and I, of course, was um, one of those people who was like, oh, no, you did. that can't possibly be. We, have, we would never create what we've got and blah, blah. And eventually came around to realizing how and why we create our future. And, that, and then I, I spent 15 years working with Dr. William Levengood studying plasma physics. And, and the physics and the consciousness began to come together. And so I began to realize we really are creating everything. Our response, the response that you give is the message that you send and that message is a message to the universe. And the universe then responds by reorganizing according to what you responded. And uh, it's actually, I, that sounds more simplistic than it is, and there's all sorts of things we could say about that, but it really is a pretty straightforward process. So that led me through 40 years of studying consciousness and plasma physics and, um, and left everything that I had been behind and have now took up naturopathic medicine. Of course, I always already was a farmer. Um, so I have a farm and a large B&B here in Southwest Michigan. And, um, and it's been pretty interesting this last um, year to watching what's happening, what's unfolding, because this is really the, the transition moment. Um, and this is the moment when we have to say, okay, what do we want to create? So, yeah, it's, yeah, and I think that's one of the things that I want to focus on today in our session. And for those of you who are uh, listening in, I, we, my family and myself, we've been to your farm and stayed at a and b and we loved it. So, yeah. you know, the kids talk about it still sometimes. <laughs> and, um, and you talk about two plasma and that's the science part, right? I'm curious if you could just talk a bit about, you know, for the audience or the listeners, right? Um, 
And I personally believe, you know, science is just catching up with spirituality, you know, and, you know, you have that scientific background as well. If you could just explain to uh, our listeners, you know, how, and we talked about this just before we started about uh, talking about more about plasma and how that's, that's impacting us right now. Yeah. Okay. So, um, let me say a couple of things. I'm not sure. <laughs> Cut me off if I get going because I really get excited by this. But um, it's okay. Keep, keep, keep. I love to listen to what you have to okay. teach. <laughs> All right. So if you look up plasma on on one of the, you know, uh, what do you call it, search engines, or go to Wikipedia or something like that, what it says is it's a gas with some particles in it or some ions in it, and and you could probably say that that's a 19th century description and it kind of gives an idea but it's it leaves out the basic truth the basic uh picture so um what you have to do is drop your whole perception of the universe and how it works and replace it with an understanding of electricity and electromagnetic fields and currents and um, and these various structures that occur as a result of the the electricity and the currents um, and things like that and and so um, so I'll just give you a little short course this is like a 30 second course in electricity and electromagnetics so you have this uh, field of particles and the, when the particles move and a bunch of them move along in a certain trajectory that's called a current and and when those particles are moving along in let's say from right to left then at right angles to that an electromagnetic field forms and that field is actually spiraling around the current and the amount of times or the speed with which it spirals is called its frequency how frequently it spirals around the current it's depicted as a wave but when you look at it clairvoyantly it's really this spiral okay so the, in that field of electromagnetic uh, energy around the current there's these um, what are called fibers. It's some what's it called? Um, uh, there's a there's a fancy term for it, but the the um, you get these um, filaments filamentation, and what happens is particles collect along those filaments, and when they collect in certain patterns, you can make some matter. And that particle, that those particles that are stuck to the filament in the field, that is technically a plasma. So plasma is sometimes, and I, I have this on my course in my little course on Patreon with pictures, so that you can see what I'm talking about if you can't visualize it. But um, plasma is that electromagnetic field full of particles who maintain specific relationships. So the work that I did with Dr. Levengood, he actually did most of the work in terms of the plasma and I was doing the work with consciousness and we were cross fertilizing um, the whole field of science. Um, it became clear that every human being was simply a collection of currents and 
frequencies and plasma fields and the plasma in a particular arrangement created matter. So one of the things we discovered was that there was a certain plasma signature for a heart, another one for a liver. The, um, uh, the bladder had a different one. Uh, the stomach had a different one. The whole body is this collection of fields all working together. So that, that gave credence to the theory that I had already developed, which was that consciousness um, was a, basically associated with frequency, and it was the, you know, the, the, the whole, the whole uh, theory is that mind is the awareness property of space, and space is the location aspect of mind, and frequency is the, um, or let's say it this way, consciousness is the feeling aspect of energy, and energy is the motion of consciousness. So it's like two sides of one coin. And you can build from there and come up with a whole reality. The whole thing is aware. So, um, you know, if you want to get your mind around that, you got to think about it a little bit because it's something that is not... Um, people scientists are still trying to figure out where consciousness fits into all their science if you set the science aside and say consciousness is primary and and you have to fit the science into the consciousness then you can get somewhere they're going about it as if they're trying to make consciousness something separate and it's the, it's the core thing um, so it's like okay you guys come on come on we we can get this um, <laughs> So I, I, yeah, I remember uh, when we had my mentoring session, you were teaching me all this stuff too. It took me a while to kind of grasp the concept, oh, I remember. And uh, yeah, so I remind those who are listening to, you know, we will, we will um, include your Patreon site and everything so that they can, if they're interested oh, to learn, okay. they can, you know, actually um, go there. Um, so why do you think it's, because I know one of the things we talked about before we started was, you know, it's important now to talk a little bit more about plasma so people know, because as you mentioned, plasma too now is how we're actually creating our reality. Right. And so I'm curious, you know, to hear like, you know, so for those who are listening, what's the reason it's important for them to understand plasma? Because plasma responds directly to consciousness. And I think that we proved that in a number, it didn't matter whether it was an individual consciousness or whether it was mass consciousness. Um, what we saw in the lab was that material or matter would acknowledge um, a consciousness uh, within minutes, immediately. And so that what that says is, what are you doing with your consciousness? Because your plasma is listening. <laughs> so, and it's a, a it's a scientific verification of that old um, you know your thoughts affect your world. Mm -hmm. That's like an understatement. Yeah, your thoughts affect your world. Your thoughts are your world. So um, that is once people begin to get that understanding of that new science. That's going to underpin all kinds of new technology, new kinds of healing. That's where frequency medicine, frequency generators um, are finally coming online, becoming very uh, not weird. 
if I can say it that way. Um, and and I think we're we're coming to a point where we're learning how to use frequency. So um, it's something that is uh, like one of the things that we did in the lab was test work by other scientists to see what kind of frequency the, these other scientists were taking water or some sort of material and they were embedding the frequency of something in that water or that material so you could if uh, let's say one of the things we were testing was a formula for taking an antidepressant without having to take the pill you just drink a little bit of this water and it worked and, and we're headed toward a, um, I'll say, a, a science in which we'll be able to embed super nutrition, high density nutrition is what I call it, into a substance and to take that as a supplement. And it, you can't eat enough food to get the nutrition you need because the food supply is depleted and there's no minerals in it and minerals are what build your structure. So, um, you, and if you try to eat enough because and the body will keep calling for food because you're hungry, it's, it doesn't have what it needs. So you eat and eat and then you gain weight and then you're like, ah, you know, I need to lose some weight. You lose some weight, you're absolutely miserable. Why? Because you don't have enough nutrition. So we are, I think, slowly over the next couple decades going to move to um, this supplementation that comes in the form of what I'm going to call elixirs, waters, or substances that are embedded with everything you need. And food will become optional. <laughs> um, so uh, lots of changes, lots of changes coming for us, exciting changes, a lot of them. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. I think it's yeah. going to be easier to just, you know, take that and then I'm like, okay, my body has all the energy needed to That's right. function, it fill with nutrient and, you know, so that it can run effectively and optimally. That, that, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah um, and I think I would just add this. People do not realize that your emotions and your moods are dependent on your minerals. Um, that's a, one of those little factors that somehow gets lost in the whatever but um, i have to say this one of my students when we were talking about this said oh thank god i won't have to do the dishes anymore <laughs> she's just gonna take this elixir and that would be it i'm like i i think you know we might still want to do a little bit of cooking and enjoy food in a different way not as a desperate attempt to get certain things into the body to keep it running at at least a decent level of energy so <laughs> i like that don't have to do dishes <laughs> yeah <laughs> for me it's maybe cooking right over cooking so much it's like right oh. <laughs> <laughs> i know <laughs> i get that i think every woman gets that immediately <laughs> uh, um, so coming back to when we, we started on with consciousness too and you know how we are creating right yes. so and uh, so I guess I have two parts to the question, you know, so how, how do we all kind of contribute to creating this? <laughs> What's happening? And also, what can we do right now? So being aware that we are yeah. parts of the creation of what's going on. I think that, yeah. Um, so here's, here's the thing. This is something to keep in mind about consciousness. Um, yes, 
we're all creating. But all that stuff that we have um, sort of just let it run itself, that starts creating, having an impact on us. In other words, it's a double feedback system. We create and we have an impact on what exists and then what exists has an impact on us because everything that gets created has to be maintained or it degenerates. It's a law, it's a rule. And so the, in biology, the law is adapt or die. Um, and that is the same for every single system out there because it's all alive. It's all conscious. So uh, the system has been degenerating for a while. So that's how and why we have created. Um, it's actually lack of maintenance, lack of input, lack of care, um, to keep things in a certain condition. And, um, and that, it's a big lesson for us. So, um, so what was the other part of your question? How do we create this? And, and then so, something you else. know, knowing that we play a role in creating, yeah. right? So, and knowing right. kind of what's going on, you know, what can we do? Right. Um, that, I, that's been probably the number one question I've run into for the last year. Um, so here's a, a very small checklist. Um, what you can do first is begin to ask yourself, what do you want? How do you want to live? What do you want in your life? How do you want to work? Um, you know, what does that lifestyle and structure of that life look like, sound like, feel like? Who's in it with you? What are you guys doing? So that's the first thing. The second thing is you have to begin to re-educate yourself. Absolutely non-negotiable. If you don't re-educate, then you're going to end up staying in the same consciousness. If we don't shift the consciousness, we're going to end up with the same old reality. And so you have to begin this educational process. So I've said to people, read, <laughs> get online and look at stuff that you never looked at or, or think you're above or don't want to know or that you think is absolutely, utterly boring and begin to get a sense of a, a bigger picture of, of life and what's being offered out there. The third thing, start to talk about that with people. And, and most people say, but I end up arguing with my husband or my wife or my sister or whatever. Yes. Okay. So that's right there. It's the next lesson. Learn to listen, to ask pertinent questions that draw the other people out so you can hear how they're thinking about it. So you can think about how they think about it because that then gets them heard everybody needs to be heard um, and it teaches you something about um, how not to stick your foot in your mouth and insist that it's your way or your correct perception or whatever um, so that's you know the next step is begin to talk about it and then the next step which is much more action oriented is you know do you need to sell your house <laughs> Do you need to start growing your food? Yeah, you really do. Um, do you need to take responsibility for your own healing and your medicine? Do you need to raise your children differently? Do you need to find a different kind of job? Um, you know, what, what kind of lifestyle changes 
um, do you think you would need to make? And how do you do that without creating absolute and utter chaos? One little step at a time with support. And if it comes down to nobody supports what you're doing, then you're going to have to make a choice. Am I going to live in misery? And in some way that I don't think I want to live, or am I going to go out on my own? And that's a, that's a crisis point. That's a critical moment. So that's the, and I'm not saying go out and protest and wave flags. I mean, you can do that. Yeah. And I don't have time for that, but, um, you know, there's, a, I was watching the people in Lansing, Michigan, you know, all in their cars, blowing horns, driving through Lansing hour after hour, waving flags out the window. And I'm like, wow, very creative. They were all practicing social distancing. <laughs> But they were really um, saying uh, that's this is ridiculous. So, um, so I have written a few things on you know that I posted or talked about them on Patreon, in which I say we're in the squeeze gates right now. The cabal thinks that they have us by the short hairs, <laughs> and we need to turn that around and say, you know what? this really looks like it was your system and we don't think we're going to reinstitute this at all. And so we're changing the banking and we're changing corporations and we're changing the laws and we're changing what we do every day. And I don't think I want to go back to work, um, working for you. I, I'm going to say, this is what I'm willing to do. And so you turn that whole thing around and their system never gets going again. And yes, the Western system is down and it, begin, it, it begins to pass away. And what does that require? Wow, it requires massive creativeness on our part. And that's what I'm after is where is your creativity? Get it out of the closet and, you know, shake it out, dust it off. Think about how you want to live and then just start doing that. Yeah, that's, so, a, that's a great... Uh, thank you for walking through yeah, some of the process. I know that gave me also a lot of clarity. And uh, even myself and my family, it, I've been looking at how willing am I to change my lifestyle right now, <laughs> right? Because I was you know, also looking at what's coming. You know, it's going to be different. And um, yeah. for me, you know, a lot of the system that we have, to me, it's already been broken for a long time, but we, right. we stayed with the structure, right? And of course, you know, just how it's been structured that it makes, you know, we're not forced, but then there are ways that they keep us in the structure. Right. And yeah, so my, you know, I've been thinking about, and there was a grieving process too. Am I willing to give up this? I'm giving you, but then, <laughs> right. But then it, it, I think like what you're saying, yeah. it is, it is important for us to take responsibility. I think that's mm -hmm. a big key. It's time to be responsible for ourselves. And, right. you know, what kind of world do we want to create? Do we want to, keep an eye closed or kind of not look <laughs> right or do something which you call out to is let's let's now you know be creative and see how can we right. create uh, together and yeah. i love that you touch on the uh food uh, aspect because we talked uh yeah and i talked a little bit about this and my you know we've been looking at what options that we have now you know uh, farming in urban farming in our home as well and, and I would love for you to talk a bit about that aspect because I know you, you have a farm, you've been a farmer, and I know you've been looking to different ways also now, right? What can people who, especially we're in, we live in a city, what could we do? And, and with the change that's coming. 
Right, right. I think, um, oh my gosh, that's, um, yeah, we could talk about that a lot. But um, I think the, the thing, let's start with a basic thing. You have to take responsibility for feeding yourself because the system is not really reliable. When the globalists were setting up all these global supply lines, the goal, long-term goal, was no country was going to be allowed to produce for itself in order to make itself self-sufficient. So, you know, this country was going to produce this, and they were going to send it all over to here, and the, these guys here were going to make it into, you know, widgets or whatever, and send it over there. And so there was this big, massive trade thing, and everybody's sending stuff everywhere, and nobody is secure. Because if there's any break in that supply setup, everybody is basically screwed. So the result with the, the shutdown and the lockdown is that that whole globalist system has just ground to a halt. And they're deliberately not putting that back up too quickly on purpose because they want to take down the globalist supply lines. But what is, where does that leave us? If, if the grocery stores are not delivering food regularly and we have empty shelves and limits on what you can buy everywhere here, um, no meat, no milk, no, you can buy five pounds of hamburger at the most, et cetera, things like that. Um, so the, the result is that people are going to have to look at, okay, how do I guarantee that I'm going to have enough to eat? And that really is going to come down to having to grow some things for yourself and produce some things for yourself. And that includes clothing and that includes shoes and coats and uh, towels and things like that. So how many of you know how to make a towel? How many people know how to make a pair of underwear or knit a pair of socks or some gloves if you live in the North, um, et cetera, et cetera. So what I've seen is this massive increase in home-based businesses, people are taking care of one another, first themselves, and then they'll share what extra they have. When it comes to food, um, the big change because of not just the lockdown, but because of the grand solar minimum, which we're headed into, and should become pretty evident by 2024, and that's just a normal cycle that happens every 400 years in which the, the climate gets very, very cold, and I, you know, just a comment, side comment, that whole thing about climate change and we're warming and all of that. No, we're not. And I think that they've been telling us we're warming so that we're totally unprepared for the cooling process that is happening. Um, and very selective reporting and kind of tweaking the numbers a little bit. So the, the mainstream news is really terrible. Um, so anyway, this grand solar minimum has this massive cooling effect, usually a degree or two uh, globally, and that's a lot um, for a planet. But um, the snow does not melt above a certain line, and that line in the U.S. is about the Michigan-Indiana border. So I'm 23 miles above that line. It's like, oh, dear. <laughs> um so that then moves the whole growing region, the best climate for growing big crops on big fields, uh, much further south. 
and you get too far south, you get into really dry regions. They won't support crops. Um, they don't have the soil. The farmers in North Dakota, South Dakota, Calgary, um, they have had this magnificent soil and plenty of rain and mountain water, mountain melt water for years, for decades and for centuries. And now it, that all may not be working. And so what we're seeing is this massive mud mess that we had last year in the US and the year before that was something else. And this year, what I'm seeing is drought. Um, that stuff just fries. That What I saw were that the fruit on trees was just fried. It was free, or, uh, uh, dried like it had been in a, a dehydrator. <laughs> Um, and so there's what we're seeing is you have to you're going to have to take responsibility for feeding your family. Somebody in that family needs to say, "Okay, I'll feed us," and that becomes their job. That's what um, allows the family to survive and may not only cut the amount of money that has to go out, but maybe even bring in a little bit. So there are these um, vertical growing walls that are. Uh, they're coming up all over. You can get them from, I think Northern Equipment has some that they sell. Uh, there's a place in, I think it's Toronto, um, and I forget what they're called, but they have a magnificent growing wall. And agriculture is moving indoors into controlled conditions that are either hydroponic or they're in a, a bed that slants up and it's dirt and the plant kind of is at a slant and you can grow almost anything indoors. I haven't seen corn on the cob <laughs> yet, but everything else can be grown indoors. And um, algae, which is, they, I think they make washers and dryers in the US. I don't know where else they might be shipping. Maybe they're from China. But they have, in the last year, they put out this giant thing, looks like a big refrigerator, with a glass front door and shelves in it. And those shelves um, hold plants and it keeps those plants. Uh, there's LED lights in the, in the, um, in this, I, they call it the kitchen garden, uh, the kitchen garden appliance, I think was what the name of it was. Um, but it's for people who want to grow food in their kitchen and just open up that door and it's, um, at, you know, controlled temperature and humidity and controlled lights and you can be growing something continuously. Um, lettuces, spinaches, um, it's a little small for tomatoes. I don't see it growing potatoes, <laughs> but um, you can grow those in your front yard. You know, you you have a four foot space around your house and you put potatoes and carrots and beets and cucumbers and train them up. Um, I have done that myself and fed the entire family and had way too much food, had to try to give it away to the neighbors. Um, so there's this food revolution is coming and people who do not grow their own food, um, I don't know, maybe I better not say. It doesn't look good. So it doesn't look good for them. Um, so that that growing, indoor growing, um, indoor farm, there are entire uh, multi-story, beautiful buildings. In fact, there's an architectural 
contest that's held every year for somebody wins an award for the design of the most beautiful and most effective indoor garden building in the middle of a city. And there's some gorgeous, gorgeous places. A lot of buildings are having the grow space right up through the 20 stories through the middle. And then they have apartments on either side. And you just come out of your apartment and you pick whatever it is you need and go back in your apartment. So it's um, a whole different concept for food and feeding people. The biggest thing I think that we have to be aware of is how are you going to get your amino acids? Because nothing works without the aminos. You can't use minerals and you can't use vitamins without the aminos um, very well at all, if at all. So there's a priority of operation there. So um, so I think what the, one of the really nice benefits of this coronavirus is people are starting to pay attention to their health, which I have been screaming about for a, at least 25 years. Um, ever since I became a naturopathic physician, it's like, oh my God, we need to, um, people need to get healthy. We're not resilient. We, coronavirus, I had coronavirus a year ago. It is not fun. I will say that. Um, and it's nothing to mess with. Uh, but I had, I knew what it was. I, my daughter had said to me, mom, you need to watch out for the, this virus, this new flu that's going around. It's got a different pattern, three, four, five days of not feeling well. And then three or four days, you think you're getting better, maybe even a week. And then boom, the, um, the tail end of this thing hits and she said, you know, it's like a scorpion. It takes you down. It fills your lungs. You can't breathe. Sure enough, you know, that's, it, I got that and I thought I was getting better. And then boom, that was one year ago. Um, it was actually, I remember it was January 29th. And by February 6th, I was down. Um, and I did think I was going to have to go to the hospital, but I caught it in time. Um, and since that time, I have kept um, oscillococcinum and uh, oxygen, oxygen elixir on hand and vitamin B6 and glutathione. And, um, and so I haven't had any, any, I rarely get a cold or flu, but wow. Um, I did, the lungs did fill quite a bit. It took me more than a month to cough up all that stuff and to feel like I was a human again. Um, so it's nothing to um, ignore. It's nothing to panic over. It is something to let it kick you right in the butt and, and get you scared enough to say, what do I need to do to be healthy? How do I not get this? How do I prepare for this? The whole business of locking us down in masks, that's just ridiculous. That's stupid. It's a political game. It's part of that hidden war that's going on. So, <laughs> yeah, because I, I mean, that's a part of me too. You know, that's how we, our body builds immune system is to virus. And I'm not saying that we don't care about, you know, especially those who have preconditioned, pre existing condition yet. Um, and, uh, and I love what you talk about. At the end of the day, it's really, are we healthy, right? And that's how then our own system can fight whatever's yeah. coming to our body. Um, yeah. 
And, you know, I think one of the things that I'm concerned about, I mean, we see that, you know, we're cleaning so much right now with the chemicals. And yeah. I'm wondering, are we going to create even more worse kind of superbugs and stuff just because That's of right. the way we're handling what's going on right now? So, yeah. That's a very important point. Let me just say that we do not use disinfectants here at all because what you learn as a farmer is if you kill all the good bacteria and you, your body <laughs> is a pile of good bacteria, if you kill all that and all that's left is the stuff that you can't kill and that gets a hold or gets you get a case of that, which we have experienced, a super infection, oh my. Um, I mean, it's life-threatening, and so you you do not you do not try to take over the job of the good bacteria. You let them do their thing, and you don't disturb them. Um, they are the ones who keep the bad bacteria under control, and it's a it's a real estate fight. Um, the bacteria will build their little kingdoms. Um, in a location and prevent the bad bacteria from being able to get a foothold. Um, and so that's really, it, that's an important concept. Thank you. I know we can talk so much. I could, and I always have, I love to, and, uh, you know, ask you all, all this kind of question because you have so much <laughs> knowledge and wisdom and what I'm mindful of your time too. So we're going to kind of pivot a little bit right now. Okay. Um, but before we pivot to just talk about dreams and intuition, anything else you Kind of just do you want to share with the audience about you know anything they can do or any tips or just anything you want to share in regards to what's going on yeah i i do i want to say um have take heart um have hope um it's okay there's there is a fight going on the world doesn't make a whole lot of sense but in a war it doesn't and that's what's going on there's a hidden war going on in the background so go about your world and your business Keep one eye on what's happening behind a curtain, and um, but hold that place of yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be different afterwards because we're gonna make it different in a way that makes sense, in a way that's loving, in a way that's compassionate, in a way that works for more than has ever worked in the past. So that would be my closing note. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, we have we have an opportunity here. You know, thank you. Yeah, so right. an opportunity to shift this together as a, as a collective uh, consciousness. That's right. Um, so yeah, so the other part that I wanted to talk with you today, it's about uh, dreams and intuition. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for part two of the trilogy, What Are Dreams? Mm -hmm.